Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, the legend himself. Does not at all look like Spinelli from Recess right now. Lavender Gooms. Ooh, wow. Ashley Spinelli. I haven't, I haven't thought about her in a long shout time. Shout out to Spinelli. Maybe the best. I forgot to name all the other ones. But Spinelli, shout out. And Gretchen. Uh, Gus. Gretchen, Mikey, DJ, DJ, DJ um, I think. I think it was DJ. Or PJ? I thought it was TJ. Something with a J. TJ. Okay. I think yes, it was TJ, it was yeah. TJ Detweiler. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, last uh, name's too. The little snitch Randall. That son of a uh, bitch. Can't forget about him. Yeah, little son of a bitch. Man, Dr- Spencer fucking hated his ass, but she knew a snitch when she saw one. I mean, he kinda, they kind of drew him like Mo from The Simpsons. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Mike, do your thing. <laughs> Anyway, um, as always, I wish you guys here on December 11th, which when we are recording a happy National Stretching Day, something I tell myself I should do a lot more of each day. How about you guys? You get your stretch on a day? Nah, I do. I do a little bit in the morning. I do a little bit in the morning. If not, this little dog yanks me here and there, and I just, you know, I got issues. I'm brittle and old. It's real cold, man. Yeah. All these things add up. Yeah, (laughs) man. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna catch up to us, man. We need to stretch more. I tell myself every year. It's one of my New Year's resolutions every year. Anyway, for those of you that will be listening to this tomorrow, uh, happy International Day of Neutrality Day. My opinions on that day, I'm in the middle. And mm-hmm. also my my Happy National Dingling Day. Thank you for that, Mike. Just, I really. I thought you would appreciate the Simpsons version. I did. I did. Honestly, when you said the neutrality thing, it just made me think of uh, the Futurama thing, where the guy from the neutral planet goes, "If I die, tell my wife hello." (laughs) (laughs) Futurama season one, fucking gold. All right, boys and girls. Um, those of you who enjoy us talking about MMA really got to fucking relish this one. Because this is the last podcast where we get to pick fights in 2023. We are going to also next week uh, when we have no fights to pick and no fights to pick until the week before, I believe, January 15th or something is the UFC card. Ballpark that, you know, that's Saturday where the UFC returns. Um, I think they could just shove some people into the apex in the next month. But anyway. Um, we, but be, but after this week, we will know who our champion is for this year and barring a collapse that is on the level of the Warriors and the Cavs, the Yankees and the Red Sox, the Falcons and the fucking Patriots, Mike's probably going to hang on. And I have not looked to see if there is a white cop that he can pick to win a fight over a black man twice his size on this card. Don't think that's a case. Um, so we're going to make our picks. Uh, or don't forget uh, the year before, um, a Brazilian legend losing to a future Brazilian legend. 
That was when Stefan won. That was the one. That was the first. We didn't know you were going to be fucking, you know, jinxed for years in that one. Um, that was your. That was you should have won that one. That was when Stefan won. Stefan got a championship. You know, he just dumb lucked into that fucking one. Um, <laughs> yeah, Nunez is going to win. Sure. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about UFC 296, a card that is. Um, I, I like the overall quality of the card. Um, the main event may not be exciting for a lot of people. Um, depends your feelings on the general scumbags we have in this sport at this point and how boring they, uh, one of them fights. Um, but we're talking, this card is like 10 fights deep, honestly. We're going to pick seven of them. Um, you know, some of us have had money on Leon Edwards for a month. Mike, I thought you should have been, you would have been one of these people because Leon has gone from what I got him at minus one twenty to minus one fifty five. So we'll see. We'll see if the MAGA people move it the other way. But first, we got to talk about our guy, Song Yadong. My man went out there, Mark. Five hard rounds. Didn't get himself into an unnecessary firefight. Took care of business. I believe he swept Chris Gutierrez on. Every score, one scorecard had a 10-8, which not sure which, maybe the round where he dropped him, I think, probably. I, imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was pretty one-sided, I guess. I don't know. I didn't have a 10-8 for that one. I had all 10-9s, personally. What did we see from the man who took on this opponent? Um, and I don't know how short of notice it was supposed to be, um, but it was at one point supposed to be uh, Peter Yan. But what did we see from Song Yadong? Yeah, you know, it, it probably a little bit different of a performance than we thought we'd saw. You know, I, I thought he'd be able to put Chris Gutierrez away. Um, I thought he would be more dominant in the stand-up. Um, you know, Chris gave him a lot of feints, a lot of looks in the stand-up that kind of made Song a little hesitant to really get in the pocket and, and, and exchange with him consistently. But what you did see and why he was able to win these rounds is that, like, the power difference was massive. You know, Song was able to hurt Chris, and Chris really wasn't able to hurt Song Ridong. Um, you know, and he landed some good kicks. You know, a lot of this fight was contested in the beginning on the outside with Chris kind of dictating a lot of the range on the outside, using front kicks and using a lot of feints and uh, spinning feints to kind of keep, keep Song Gedong at bay. But Song would find these openings and, you know, when he was able to land on him, would crack him pretty good. And it was enough to win him some of these early rounds. And I think it was around two that he got a late takedown. And that's kind of where I think he kind of found like, okay, like this is another avenue where I seem to be significantly better than my opponent. I can take him down. And once he got on top, like Chris kind of just closed up guard and tried to keep the damage to a minimum. But Song was really good at, you know, working the guard, getting up, posturing up, throwing elbows and short punches, being busy. So he didn't, I don't want to assume the man's training Mark, but I feel considering he is a fighter of Chinese descent and I don't believe the wrestling uh, background is necessarily strong in that country. You got to think that was some of his work over in Sacramento, a team alpha male working with Uriah and Castillo and stuff. Really Mm -hmm. a gym that is just, if you want to wrestle and you're, you know, 155 pounds or less, that's the place for you, man. It's <laughs> not even just like his ability to take down, like him just being comfortable in the guard mm-hmm. was a very alpha male dominant position, you know, back in the WEC days where they would be able to take guys down and utilize elbows on the grounds to get cuts, do damage and, and win fights primarily from a closed guard. And that's kind of what Song had to do in this entire fight. You know, there was very little, I don't even know if there was much opportunities for him to try to advance position. He didn't seem super I, I, interested like in Gutierrez it either. Gutierrez was really just playing a real anti-offense game a lot. I did not think Gutierrez had a lot of like, I'm going to win this fight 
things he was doing. Notably in the fifth round when he tried to, what was he doing? Was he going for a leg lock? What the fuck was that? Like, yeah, it looked he like he went back. for a Minari roll, yeah. which was just, it, it just seemed ill-advised. I mean, because obviously, like, his corner kind of told him, like, look, at, at the fifth round, like, you have to go for it. Like, you know, you've survived this long. It, it's been great. You know, you he's he, uh, you know, asserted himself well in that, you know, he didn't get outstruck in the stand-up where I think most of us thought, like, that was probably going to be his most dangerous position. But the fight took on this complexion of, like, okay, he can't stop the takedown. And off his back in the first round, he tried a good triangle. He was trying some setups, but he quickly kind of dis dissolved into that. And it was just like, I'm just going to close up guard and let's wait for the next round, right? And when it came to the fifth round and he goes for an Iminari roll that fails – and then Song just goes right to the ground. It's like, well, you know, we kind of know how this is going to end. So it was a little lackluster um, performance from Song. You know, I think you kind of expect him to maybe come out blazing and, and put on a good performance against a guy that's ranked you less know, than man, him. But it showed a lot of maturity. We were all talking like he's going to smoke him, right? We thought he was going to put him out. And then, like, after the, we do the record podcast, I'm looking and, like, all the odds are, like, heavily that it's going to decision. And I think it's the nature of Gutierrez's mm -hmm. style that maybe we weren't as familiar as we should have been, but just like that man's going to make it sure. very difficult for you to do stuff to him. And I do appreciate him cheating every way he could. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was watching with my buddy who doesn't watch fights and he was like, yo, that his eye is fucked up. That eye poke was rough. I'm like, he's like, well, does he get disqualified? I'm like, oh man, this is MMA. You get to do all the cheats at least once. You know, he put his finger I, in the glove. He was his toes were in I the enjoyed, cage. <laughs> I enjoyed Herb Dean gave him a hard warning. Yeah, mm, that showed him, dude. That was yeah, that was it. Um, I do. So something he picked up from Team Alpha Male right there, the grappling. Because you could see the advancements there. Uh, another thing he picked up, the after fight English shit talk. Um. I appreciated him calling out Peter Yan. I appreciate. I did not know how good songs English was, um, but he was he pretty good, man. He did pre everything. He, the only thing he didn't understand was like emoji or whatever. And I was just like, man, I maybe doesn't know the word emoji, but everything else, like he pretty much told like Peter Yan, like if I can get your ass here, man, let's do it. And Mike, I like that fight for everybody involved. I like it for Song because he's number seven and Yan is number five. I like it for Yan because Yan's got to get back in the cage, man. Yon's got to get back in the cage and maybe how, like... How long has it been since Yon fought? It's I mean, Marab, Marab kicked his ass and then Marab got hurt and now Marab's got a fight booked. So I know Yon pulled out of this fight, but Yon, I think fighting a guy who's not necessarily going to reinvent the wheel. And not that I think this is an easy fight for Yon, but we kind of know... I don't know the type of style of song is. I think Yon can... Be competitive. I think it'll be a competitive fight. I'd imagine Jan would be a favorite. I think, but I think it's a good matchup for both parties. What do you think? It's it's not really about him not being able to reinvent the wheel and him being the type of fighter maybe he's seen before. But I think it's more about that, especially now after another win against a ranked opponent, albeit at the very end of uh, the top fifteen. Song Yudong is just getting more and more popular with each fight. Um, he's also Chinese and he's a very good Chinese fighter as well. So this fight, if Yan can get the win in the fight and he very well could, it would give him a lot more, I think, notoriety and just acclaim for when, if he wants to try and go for the title again. Oh, you're muted, man. Song has that win over uh, Michito Vera, too. I mean, it was a very controversial one. 
I mean, Cheeto got kind of racist about it afterwards and then had to, like, apologize and do, like, you know, seems like he actually had some real contrition there because, you know, he was very frustrated in the moment. But that doesn't mean any, that doesn't mean nothing that he's got to win over a guy yeah. fighting for the belt. Um, well, I think Cheeto is, Cheeto is six and Song is seven. Fighting for the belt. Okay. Um, anyway, um, we'll see, man. Um, Guterres, man, he's just not on this level, Mark. You know, we'll get him somebody a little bit lower, lower ranked, I guess, next time. So yeah, I mean, a uh, good learning experience. He went five rounds. He didn't tire. It just had some deficiencies, right? And I think when Song's taking you down, like you said, there's other guys in this division that I think they're wrestling stronger with. So it's like, how are you going to? I mean, yeah, Marab. Some of those what would Marab do to him? You know, like, exactly. It's just a shame that you heard the corner work between the fourth and the fifth round. And it sounded like the coach got through to Gutierrez. Like, hey, let's focus. Forget about what happened before. Here's what you need to do. You need to go balls to the wall. You're losing this fight. Told him in the quarter, you're losing this fight. And when in the net, first, yeah. like, what, 20 seconds, he does the roll. like, well, this guy's an idiot. He went for the real Hail Mary there. Um, he, was he complaining about shots to the back of the head? And I'm just like... I don't know if any of them really were back then, but like, dude, my dude, you poked him in. The, I like when Song poked him back. That was real Czech Congo of him. That made me Some, laugh a little bit. Sometimes uh, listening to the commentary um, could be to your detriment. But one thing I particularly liked is that in the moment when he was complaining about the shots to the back of the head, I can't remember exactly who it was that said it, but just said very quickly, if you're getting hit and you turn your head and that's why you get hit in the back of the head, that's not a foul. Was it Felder or was it Sanko? God, that was, I love that commentary it team, by the way. It was definitely a dude, so it wasn't Sanko. I think it was Felder. That, that's a good commentary team, Mark. I mean, we're about to get the shit, mm -hmm. yeah. shit show this weekend with Joe, DC, and poor Annex doing his best. That's where I'm at, man. I think Annex doing his best, but DC and DC is show. Rogan will come in with his takes from 2008, you know, about some of his random bullshit he's going to throw at us and stuff. Um, co-main event. Uh, Khalil Roundtree's on a run, guys. Khalil Roundtree is on a run. Um, I think this is six, if I'm not mistaken, in a row. Sorry, five in a row. Five in a row, four finishes. And he, uh, I missed the beginning of this fight, Mark. Uh, Mark and Mike, I know you watched it too. Third round, though, Anthony Smith got put on roller skates, knocked out, and Khalil Roundtree's a real gentleman for not, you know, Doing further damage. What do you think we? What do we saw of the man who looks like he's chiseled out of granite? Uh, well, I'm sorry. Were you asking you. me? Or yeah. Mark? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, just you. It's you. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. Sorry. Uh, I thought it was a great performance. Uh, first half, hats off to Anthony Smith. Uh, similar to Chris Gutierrez, this was a um, late replacement as well um, for Anthony Smith. I think uh, Roundtree was supposed to fight uh, more. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the, the guy's name. Um, but in regards to the fight, if Anthony – and mind you, Anthony Smith didn't have much time. But if Anthony Smith's game plan was to trade and try and win exchanges, then the game plan was going okay, I guess. Um, he was uh, moving forward, and he was taking roundtree shots pretty well. There was one time, I think, in the – first round where he got a little wobbled um but it seemed his game plans was to try and just wear out anthony smith by just getting hit um on his face and don't get me wrong he was getting some shots in as well but by the third round uh 
Roundtree hit him with a short right uppercut that just absolutely put him on queer street and hats off to Roundtree for not doing the extra damage because the ref understandably didn't get in there right when it happened. Um, but Anthony Smith was not there at all. Yeah. Um, man, Anthony's had a lot of fights, guys. Anthony's had a lot of fights. He was ranked eight going into this one. Man was talking like he was close to a title shot. It was just, that was never going to happen. Um, I I mean, he's got 19 losses. He's on the desk now. I don't know how much that pays and stuff. Like, I know he's had some high-profile fights, Mark. You got to hope that, I mean, no one gets paid in this fucking company, but like, I don't know how much longer we need to see him do go out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we're, I think he might want to go home or, you know, fight significantly yeah, I mean, easier competition, I guess. <laughs> well, he, he kind of found himself in a position where, you know, he was able to fight for the title. Right. And, and once you're able to do that, as long as you're able to get a win here and there, you kind of stick around in the title picture. Right. Because because to get the title shot, you're usually ranked in the top three or four. Right. And he had a little bit of a run where he got ranked pretty high and earned that shot. And then once he lost it, you know, he would lose a couple fights here, but then he'd win one, too. I like, mean, it helps that this division fucking record, sucks. It does help yes, there, too. That, yeah. that also, yeah. <laughs> so, like, he's he's been able to, to stay relevant. Um, but it was even at the time where he was able to get that title shot. It was just like, well, this guy really just doesn't have the skills. He has not presented himself to, to, to be of the quality of someone that's going to be able to, one, beat John Jones. And if he was able to pull that off, like maintain and be a champion because he just wasn't well-rounded enough in all these areas and, and he'd drop enough fights you knew like well this is it just he's getting this title shot because of happenstance and because you know he's had a good bit of luck here and john jones he had too much really pride he him. should have he should have accepted the eq against john jones he has too much pride to not do that <laughs> I mean, yeah, he should have done that just if nothing else you get one more fight man you get one more big paycheck yeah um so i mean it's tough to say where he's gonna go from here it does look like he has options um but I would say, like, look, he probably still wants to get one more fight in. I'd imagine where he has a I camp mean, and isn't just jumping yeah. in on short notice. How, no, how short a notice so, was this? Do we know? Like, by I the way, shout how, out to Khalil how, getting a. I mean, Anthony taking a fight. Khalil got a fought, went from fighting nobody to beating the number eight guy, and he's won five straight. Yeah, he probably should have been fighting somebody at this level already. I mean, he probably should take the number eight spot now. And he said, "I want a title I, shot." I don't think he's there, I, but I don't know. Like. What's Nikita Krylov up to? He's six. Fight him. Or I don't know. I was, a, I was looking at the rankings. It would be nice to see him fight maybe Johnny Walker. Um, He's that seven. That would be a pretty interesting fight. He, guys, he got five in a row, man. How many are going to make him win before he wins fights for a belt in this shitty division? Well, he he needs to fight someone I think of relevance, right? And I think this is his first guy that kind of I mean, look, what's, he what's Jan up to? That, Jan is 40. Yeah, he needs to fight someone who held the belt or has also fought for the title, right? Um, Anthony Smith was a good stepping stone, but yeah, there's uh, Alex R Rankich, right, was supposed to fight Jan, and one of them got hurt. So there's a number of dudes ahead of him that he hasn't fought that I think he needs to What's beat Ankeli at least one of them, too. I mean, it may not go yeah. so well, but like, Ankeli. Yeah, these just, are all. Yeah. Anybody that's any one through one six. Guys, yeah. You know, maybe Walker, I guess. Yeah. I think if he beats Walker at seven, Mike, I don't think they're going to give him a title shot. That's all I'm saying. And like, that's I don't true. know. How old's Khalil Roundtree? He's 33. I guess he's, you know. Relatively young. Yeah. Is he really training? Is he training in New York? Tiger Muay No, Tiger Muay Thai is not in New York. That's Tiger Shoulder. I thought he was, I thought he was training out of Vegas, or was that... A, I think he is. You think he does Syndicate MMA, and he does he goes to Thailand, too. Syndicate is... 
not the other one, another good one too. I think it's the guy, uh, John Wood. I think the one that's married to JoJo is his gym, where like Roxanne okay. was training there and stuff too. Um, it's a good gym. Um, like I say, like as if I know this shit. Um, real quickly, uh, Nasrat Hawksbrot took care of business. Real quick, uh, Andre Muniz reminded us or tried to remind us why uh, we all got excited when people beat Andre Muniz. That was a battle, man. Uh, Park Jun Young, though, really didn't have a lot of answer for some of this grappling, it felt like. Uh, it was close, though. Uh, really close. I thought it was the correct decision. Uh, Tatsuro Taira um, is fighting. Could the UFC continues to feed him cans? He's 15-0. He is 5-0 in the UFC. Three su- uh, Two subs and a knockout in there. I mean, he's managed to fight five UFC fights and only one person had a Wikipedia page. Like, that's a real achievement. Can't keep protecting this dude, man. I mean, he's 30, he's, they know he's 23, but like, let's get somebody. We're five fights in. You know? Somebody. Or, I mean, not even, I mean, protecting him, sure, but also like burying him too. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, you're, you're, you're feeding him cans and then you're not showcasing the, the, the can beat up. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah. I and mean, he looked good. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, if you're going to uh, feed him cans and make him a star, put him in, you know, somewhere people see him. And then it's like, all right, now we know who he is, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Shout out to uh, to Tim Elliott going in. On, I think he was also on short notice. A lot of short notice on this card. Um, anyway, um, we're going to talk now about UFC 296. Uh, in terms of news, though, real quickly, I think we all saw the... I mean, I, we don't normally do fight announcements because nothing sta- holds in this fucking sport. And I'm skeptical of this one also because one of the guys is Henry Cejudo. But Henry Cejudo and uh, Marab Devajvili... Uh, are going to fight, I believe, on the was it the was it in February? I think the Tapuria and Volkanovsky card. I think, yeah, co-main event to Tapuria and uh, Volkanovsky right now. Tapuria saying that his fight with Volkanovsky will be one of the easiest fights of his career. Which, shut up, bro. You pulled if you're right. That I mean, I love Tapuria. That's some confidence. So we'll see. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, not a lot going on. Um, this card has a lot to unpack, quite frankly, the one we're about to pick. Um, so, guys, UFC 296. Good description would be the worst people you know in MMA. Most of them are fighting this weekend on one card. So, UFC 296 has got a lot of layers to it. We're going to limit our cuck talk, quite frankly, I think. Um, whatever's going on with Ian Gary's actual personal life. And just limit it to his actual ability to be distracted by every fucking thing in the world when we get to that fight. But let's start. Let's lead off with uh, the main event: a man who does not deserve a title shot, uh, Colby Covington, who promised today that he will not lose a fight in front of Donald Trump, which I I think he did. I think that already he happened. Has. I think yeah. Usman took care of that one um, once already. Um, Kobe Covington is taking on uh, Leon Edwards, Leon Rocky Edwards, and Leon Edwards defending this title against a man who does not deserve a title shot. A fight that took a long time to book. Um, a fight that is stupid to book, in my opinion, um, in multiple levels. I think that the UFC needs to hope Leon wins this thing so they can put Leon and Aspinall on the same fucking card and maybe sell some seats and some fucking tickets in the UK. Get dumbass Patty on there, too. You know, we might sell half a stadium. Anyway, um, the betting odds for this one is, is as know this as somebody who bet on it, Leon opened at around minus 120. Leon's around minus 155, I believe. Let me check BetMGM, though, specifically. 
Um, minus 150 on BetMGM. Uh, plus 125 for Colby Covington. Leon is coming off uh, beating uh, Kamara Usman twice. Um, once by knockout in a truly excellent moment, and a second time by decision. Where a fight that was pretty close first couple rounds, and then the last couple rounds, Leon started lighting him up a little bit. Uh, I went back and watched this, actually. Um, if Leon had any power, you know, or I mean, he has no power. He just lacks a lot of power. Kobe Covington fought uh, Jorge Masvidal a year ago, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe longer. A um, uh, year and a half ago. March of 2022. So, uh, you know, 21 months ago. He fought uh, Jorge Masvidal, won a decision in a fucking snooze fest. He, <coughs> I'm really coloring my opinion of this fight a lot and who I'm picking, quite frankly, with this description. He is now 35 years old. Um, I point that out because it does traditionally does not go well for people at 170 pounds and below um, in title fights. Um Mike, I'm going to say I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to go first here, though I don't think it's going to be an issue. I got Leon Edwards winning this thing. I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be a slaughter, but I do think that Colby might get one round. Maybe, but I think he's going to get lit up like a Christmas tree on his feet. I think Leon's striking is far too technical for him. I think Colby spends a lot of time coming into range with his hands low. And Leon's got really good takedown defense. And I, quite frankly, don't think Colby's getting better. I think Colby's been the same level of fighter he's been for a while now, which was a good fighter. Um, he has not beaten a welterweight bigger than him that is ranked. I don't think ever, to be clear. Um, his most notable welterweight wins were, I think, Rafael Dos Anjos and the corpse of Robbie Lawler when he did it. And uh, worth mentioning, Jorge Masvidal has no business in that weight class either. Leon Edwards is like six foot, either whether he's either six foot or six foot two, depending on where you read. And Leon's like big. He's like a big dude. I don't think it's going to go well, honestly. Um, I'm going to be sad if it does. In fact, we lead to, we have Colby Covington become champion and hand it to our uh, traitorous ex-president in the front row. But I'm not paying for this card. So these guys can do whatever they want. He's not making a nickel off of me. But I got Leon... Um, Probably a decision, maybe a late stoppage. Uh, Mark, Mike, who do you got? Technically, uh, maybe a couple degrees away, he is getting some money off you because we do have an ESPN Plus subscription. Oh, they, they're not giving the fighters that. Don't worry. That's not going to the fighters. <laughs> it's one of those rare times I'm actually happy about that. Um, I'm going to go buy a Leon Edwards um, shirt on his website instead. That's how I'm going to support this fucking card. <laughs> uh, I'm going with uh, Edwards as well. Um, for pretty much most of the reasons you said there. And then also the simple transitive property of Colby Covington could it be Kamara Usman, the two times they fought. So there you go. Marcus. Yeah. Um, also going with Edwards, but I guess I, you know, I do feel stylistically this should go pretty well good for Edwards. And I, and I do feel too, I mean, when you look at the Usman fights with Covington, uh, actually, uh -oh. in, the, in the rematch where he was able to, uh-oh. Uh -oh. Hey, Mark, uh, could, could you, uh, can you repeat that yeah, again? Yeah, repeat that, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> it, yeah, so I mean, mostly I'm, I'm agreeing with you guys. Um, uh, you know, on paper, I think stylistically Edwards looks really good against Covington. And then also with the Usman fights um, and how Covington lost those, and Ed, especially the second fight where Edward uh, Ed, 
Edwards was able to win that decision. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is that, you know, I wouldn't discount Covington too much, you know, because the amount of pressure he puts, because what I'm envisioning is that Leon Edwards is going to be able to handle the pressure fairly well. You know, I think he's a good counter striker. So him coming into range, I think he's going to be able to find him to eat shots. But it could also be where he may get a little overwhelmed, too. And I could see Covington pulling off somewhat of an upset just if he's able to overwhelm Leon. Because I think that's something that Usman didn't do enough of was like he doesn't put as much pressure on. So there wasn't this. If he can handle the pressure, he's going to demolish him. But if he can't, Covington could have a chance here is basically all I'm going to say. But I got to go with Edwards. Yeah, um, dude, I was sending it to Mike. Leon's got some good merch. <laughs> I was making a joke, but I'm looking at it. Leon's got shit that just says Leon Edwards with the word war bolded. And then underneath it, it says headshot dead. That's a sweet fucking merch. Just yeah. put that out there. Um, it's a good catchphrase he got after that first yeah. fight. And he does the whole fucking bang thing. Dude, for a guy who doesn't have a ton yeah. of power, I mean, because I don't think Leon, I mean, Leon is like a Michael Bisping type striker where he's just going to, you know, overwhelm you. But the man's got seven knockouts and 21 wins. You know, it's 11 decisions in that. Um, it might kick you in the head, though. Co-main event, Alexandra Pantoja. Alexandre, Alexandra Pantoja taking on Brandon Royville Pantoja, defending his newly won uh, flyweight title of the world, flyweight championship. Nobody can hold on to this fucking belt. But quite frankly, hey, man, like <laughs> these guys are all good. Um, Pantoja is on a four fight winning streak, including a win where he choked Brandon Royville out in six and a half minutes. Brandon Royville does not shy away from that. Brandon Royville likes to say that that was the fight where he realized, hey, man, I can't just go so balls to the wall, which, you know, the man's nickname is Raw Dog. So balls, Raw Dog, we're just going to go all, put them all in there. My man hates condoms, Mike. That's what that nickname means. Hates condoms. Oh, we got it. Um, since that fight, though, he thinks he really made a switch. Um, granted, the three people he beat since then are not anywhere near the level. I mean, Matt Schnell is a good fighter, but he's not on this level. Um, betting odds for this one are in Mr. Pantoja's favor at minus 175 to plus 145 for Royville. A little closer than I thought, Mike, to be honest. I think that might tell you where I'm leading on this one. Um, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I agree with Royville, um, at least in the aspect that he looks like he's gotten better um, since his loss at Pantoja, um, whether that's because he's fought in leather comp leather lesser competition, I'm not quite sure. But while I think he's a better fighter than he was back then, Pantoja is still just a better fighter. Um, maybe this won't go to a uh, to a submission this time, but I think that Pantoja will still get this one out um, unanimously in a decision. Honestly, you got two finishes here, man. I mean, like two-thirds of uh, Pantoja's wins are by finish, and Royville's got 13 finishes and 15 wins. So uh, we might not, we might be going home in this one a little early. I think this is going to be the best fight of the card, personally. I'm having a hard time picking against Pantoja. My one thing, it would be that he felt like he had so much emotion in that last victory. Because you remember when it was over, and he was, like, talking to his absentee father about, like, you know, are you proud of me now and shit like that? Where, like, you know, it's one thing to win a belt and the emotion of that, and then you got to defend it. It's a whole different can of wax here. I still think the talent gap is there, and as much as I enjoy Royville, and uh, I think he's going to make this a fight. 
Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, a slaughter, but I think it's going to be a real fight here. But I'm going to go with Pantoja defending his title here, uh, which is hard to do at 125. Marcus, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I have Pantoja as well. I mean, obviously, you look at they had fought before. Pantoja has the win there. Um, but honestly, for me, like, neither of these guys were really on my radar until Pantoja's last fight. And he impressed the shit out of me in that fight against um, Brandon. And what I saw in that fight is like, this dude does not give up. This dude, and it, and it could it could very well be, Bob, like, maybe I have a point, but, like, it was his first title shot. Like, there was nothing that was going to stop that man that day from winning that title. But what I saw was, like, a Terminator in there. Like, he had, and it was one of these things, too, like, watching the fight. Like, I think the general consensus, because everyone knew who Brandon was, was, like, this guy's winning the fight. And watching is like, no, this guy's winning the fight. This guy's not fucking stopping. Like, that's what, like, the booth did not get last time. It was like, Panjoja is still in this fight. And it wasn't until the later of the rounds, you're like, oh. These are close. These are fucking, a lot of these rounds, you know. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're not paying attention to what's going on. You got this narrative. Wait, wait, was this this the fight card that broke you with the commentary? I'm starting to think it might have been that card. That might have been the one. (laughs) I don't remember if it was or not. But but that that, was, for me, was really his coming out party. So, like, one, I think he's going to win because they fought before. He's won. Um, But also, like, I'm pulling for him, too, because, like, that last fight was so incredible. Like, he really – and we talk about a division that for so long didn't have those stars. And now there's all these interesting – I mean, some of them have left the division, you know, like Figueroa. But Pantoja and Brando are, like, these really interesting fighters that also put really great performances on. It's like I want to see them – Okay, I I just want to see Pantoja continue to succeed. So I'm pushing for him with my heart and my head. So, um, yeah. Uh, next fight. Um, are we, Mike? Can we just call you champion at this point? There's only Mark's already picked the same for you two or five fights. <laughs> well, you know what? Just so that you know, so that way maybe Mark wants to go a little different. Um, I will just rattle off. I'm not betting on the ghost of Stephen Thompson. Um, I'm not betting on the corpse of Tony Ferguson. That's for sure. Let's all pick and, against Machado for fun. We got Skiri for fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna go against the uh, the cuck. I think I might too, just for because fucking why not? Anyway, um, yeah, you won, buddy. Congratulations. All right. Yeah. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson here. Um, did I say who I picked? I picked. I said I'm picking Pantoja, right? Yes. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um. Steven Wonderboy Thompson in a fight that I'm going to have a hard time thinking is not punishment after that whole thing about him not taking a fight on a guy who missed weight by four fucking pounds or something like that, or five pounds, whatever Pereira came in as. They have him taken on, um, you know, fucking the Uzbeki Thanos, okay? That's what he's taking on, man. Shavkat Rachmanov is here to fuck up your world. He's got 17 wins and he's got 17 finishes. That la- was it the last one with Jeff Neal, where Jeff Neal was giving him a fight and he just fucking just bulldogged Jeff Neal and just choked him out like that? Yeah. Um, I uh this is not gonna go well. Um betting odds for this one is a fucking five six hundred? Am I reading this right? Minus six hundred for Shafkat Rachmanov taking on uh Wonderboy Thompson at plus four twenty-five. We're a big Wonderboy podcast, Mike, but yeah, you said it yourself. You're taking Shafkat. Are you gonna finish him, you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be a finish. Um, this is one of those classic that the UFC is going to just throw the old. Do you want to call Steven Thompson a legend? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, you throw the old legend who's on his way out uh, to the young, hungry person to make a name off of him. I like Steven Thompson, but that's what's happening here. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you right now, I'm not sure it matters who wins the main event. That's how high I am on Shafkat Rachmanov. There's a reason he's fighting two fights away, you know, in the feature bout, as they call this, right before a title fight in the same weight class. Mark, he's coming to take this belt. And I think him and Leon would be a sick fight until, you know, might not go well for our guy, for my guy over there, Leon. But I think Shafkat's going to run through Wonderboy, man. And I don't think it's, it's hard to do that with Wonderboy's style. So maybe I should back off run through because Wonderboy's got such a unique style that sometimes it's hard for people to figure them out. And even the fights where he does get finished and loses, it takes some time or it's like a one-off thing like Wonderboy, like uh, Anthony Pettis timing it and stuff. Um, I don't think Shaftcat's going to have a problem here, though, man. I think this is going to be very one-sided. I think he is going to finish him, too. What do you think, Mark? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely have Shaftcat winning. Um, I, I'm a little hesitant to say he'll finish him because I do think Thompson is difficult to finish, right? And he can present some kind of complications where Shaftcat might have to, you know, it might take him a round or half a round to kind of one out time the he's been finished. In the time, time with Anthony Pettis. That was it, <laughs> by the way. Right, which was off a strike, right? So, like, we haven't really seen him get, like, grappled and outstruck too often, right? So, I, I do think Shavka is going to be able to eventually find that range and utilize the wrestling. And I think that's where he's going to be his most dominant, right? Is when he's able, if he's able to take Thompson down and kind of wear him out that way. But, you know, Thompson's a very apt guy. And I think Shavkat might, too, find, like, well, if I really push hard, I might be able to get this guy out, but he's... He's durable. He's tough. He has good stamina. I don't want to push on the gas so hard that I make a dumb mistake and blow my chance here to win here. So I think he might play it a little safe. Honestly, given the fact that he got Jeff Neal so late, I'd agree with you. But he was like with Jeff Neal, it felt like he was like, I'm winning three rounds, but I'm getting this motherfucker. So I don't know. But Wonderboy is a guy you fuck around. All of a sudden you get kicked like behind your ear. You know, remember that knockout where he got that dude like he had like the right. It was early fight like. It was like a one-two, and then he brought the right leg over the top and like clipped the dude <laughs> in the side of the head, and the guy didn't know what the fuck happened. By the way, eight knockouts, nine submissions for Shavkat. That dude's a... Everybody was talking about Kamzat. I wanted Kamzat versus Shavkat. That's what I wanted. Um, that would have been good. That would have been Confusing, fun. Confusing, but good. It was, yeah, would have been a mess. And then uh, the continue the tour of the UFC feeding old people to um, the younger talent. Patty Pimblett, who... Um, finally showed some level of self-awareness I saw in an interview. I sent it to you, Mark, I think. I don't know if you saw it, where he was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. probably shouldn't say at the end of a decision, I'm so confident in the microphone. I would not make sense. He says, I went back and watched it, and I was like, yeah, I understand why people thought me talking that I like, dominated this dude, like, you know, didn't make any fucking sense and why I pissed everybody off. Um, Didn't really take away the fact that he was a big dumb dipshit the whole week leading up to it, and, you know, you can look up all the things he said, all the racist shit he said in the past. Patty's an interesting guy because he went on that big soliloquy about like, you know, watch out for people about suicide and stuff like that too. But people are complicated. On the other end of this is Tony Ferguson. And I feel the internet caused this because I remember after Tony's last fight, people said, the UFC better not book Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimlet. I swear to God, the UFC saw this and thought, hey, we can wring a little more out of this fucking, you know, a little bit more juice out of this live, right? Like, we get a little bit more out of this, man. Um, I think the fact that Tony is only a only 
An underdog at what are we at, dude? What happened to best fight odds, Mike? Shit's all over the place. It, none of the like main card is on best. Dude, fight it's like you got to scroll down and find. Sh okay, I'm just looking for. I'm just gonna Google Tony. I'm, not, I'm Tony. not here for all that. Tony Ferguson, minus three fifty. Patty Pimlet plus two seventy. Tony Ferguson. It was like less than that earlier. What's going on? I can't, in good conscience, pick Tony Ferguson to win a fight. It's not like these dudes when they're going downhill put the brakes on. Um, I'm not sure. The sad thing is I think they'll give him another fight after this. That's the sad thing. Um, but I don't think this is going to uh, be a great one for Tony. But I don't necessarily think he's going to get finished because, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Patty's striking is not good at all. And I know Tony's chin isn't what it used to be, but Patty's striking, not good. He got tapped out by Bobby, for Bobby Green, though, so I don't know. I got, I got Patty winning this, and I think, Mike, you got Patty also. Yeah, sadly, I have Patty winning this, and I really hope this doesn't get sad for Tony Ferguson. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the video of him training with David Goggins yeah, before well, this fight. Why does he need stamina? <laughs> what the, what's Look, not the issue? <laughs> I, I haven't run half a mile in like two years, so who am I to tell an MMA fighter what's probably good training for him? But I don't think training with David Goggins is it. Mark, are you familiar with David Goggins? I had to look him up from all this. He's like a off. he's like a Navy SEAL type dude. I get it. he's far tougher and accomplished mm -hmm. more more than I ever will. But I've never looked at Tony Ferguson in this equation and been like, oh man, stamina's the issue, like and like you know toughness or, or whatever the hell he's doing. Yeah, you know what like, I mean? or his mental his like mental um, willingness to fight. Right, like that's always those have always been his strengths. So it it did seem very. I mean, unless he was trying to be, to be like, like okay, well, this guy. Unless he was like trying to be like, okay, I want to be, I want to be tested to see if I really still want this or something. I don't know what he's doing, but Tony's always been weird, man. Tony fought with like a, he, Tony came back from a torn knee ACL in like two months. Remember that shit? Like two or three months when he came back, and like did not look right. And he still fucking you know finished Anthony Pettis, you know. So, Mark, you got it's you got, a you got your guy. Shame he never became champion. You know what's sad? He never got the check. He never got that big title fight check. Anthony Smith did. However big it was, he got the he fought the champion. Tony Ferguson never fought the champion. He never got the pay per view points on that thing, man. The game did not do Tony Ferguson right, and here we are. It's fucking sad. Uh, Marcus, what do you think, buddy? Tony's one of your guys, but what do you think? I mean, man, not not to that extent. I mean, and Patty used to be one of my guys until he had that awful week. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you can't. It's hard to pick Tony. You know, I will say in. In a lot of these fights where even he lost, like he does that first round, he still looks pretty sharp. Like it doesn't, I think a lot of people are saying like he's washed up and to a degree, I agree with them because he's getting finished a lot. And some of these finishes are really nasty, right? The um, Michael Chandler finish with the front kick was bad. And, you know, the Bobby Green fight was, I think he was doing fairly well with Bobby and then, you know, losing the submission and having him kind of flail around in the head and arm choke was just like, you're too slick to be, like, kicking your feet and stuff when you're in that show. Like, that's not going to get you out of there, dude. Like, I don't know what he was trying to That was to last there. six seconds to he, he was done at that point. I think he was, I don't know, I think he was done, done. He was last six seconds of the fight. It's worth mentioning, every single one of these people he lost to, I probably would pick to beat Patty Pimblett. Honestly, like, sure. Gaethje, yes. Oliveira, yes. Dariush, we're talking about the top five so far, by the way. Yeah, they're all uh, Dariush, Chandler, Nate Diaz, I'd pick Nate Diaz. What, what, Patty Pimlet's going to choke out Nate Diaz? Fuck you. Like, 
Bobby Green. Bobby Green's the even even Bobby Green, I think. Bobby Green would tune up Patty Pimblett. Like, none of these guys, I think, would beat Patty Pimblett. And Patty Bobby Green being the best chance of losing, honestly. And even then, I probably minus 180-ish Bobby Green, Mark, if I'm being honest with myself. Like, this is the most winnable one. But, you know, this is like me trying to convince myself when I was picking BJ Penn at the end there when he'd lost like six, seven in a row. Like, BJ was losing yeah. the worst people, but like, we're at that part now. We're at the unranked stage of him losing. He's at six. This would be seven. Yeah. That's I just rough. hope he doesn't get finished. I hope it's not ugly. If he wins. Um, I mean, I think. Right. If he, I think if he does get finished, it's going to be by submission, probably. I don't oh, see yeah. Patty finishing him on the feet. Um, but, you know, we just saw Bobby finish him. So I think that's a very real possibility. Um, and I, I do think Patty's going to be very motivated in this fight, even though he has said, like, this is a lose-lose fight for him. In a lot of ways, it is. But really what it is is like, hey, this is a way to get back out there, get in front of the cameras, and reassert yourself, right? Especially now that we've seen him reevaluate his last performance, I would think that put a little more pressure on him to be like, okay, like, I thought I did much better in that last fight than I did after rewatching it. I really need to make a statement now against a guy that everyone expects me to beat. So I think Patty's going to be fired up to three ankle surgeries. Try too. To... Yeah, let's see how that factors into. So I, I think it's, it's an interesting fight, but mostly it's just like, yeah, we don't need to see Tony fight anymore. Um, and Patty's not really the type of fighter if Tony has to fight that we need to see, but. I like it better than him fighting some like super dangerous striker where I'm like, oh, this might get really bad. You know, I don't think so, they have calculated. The UFC has not necessarily cal- – maybe they don't care. But I feel they miscalculated in thinking this – like people turned on this dude, man, on Patty entirely. Like yeah. the entire fan base. The new ones, the old ones. And like in – this is in Las Vegas. And I don't think the UFC is remembering how true – maybe they don't care that Tony Ferguson's fan base – is loud and patty beating a beloved figure like this i don't think necessarily gets like him loved you know what i mean i don't necessarily think this i mean i think lose lose on multiple levels honestly like this might be something i'm just not like uh maybe just given given a shit about but has the fang base really turned on patty entirely you think oh my god entirely i mean i'm like this fan base is a bunch of garbage people and they even they don't like him like, I mean, they're lucky. Honestly, this press conference this week between Colby Covington and this fucking clown. Like, and did it fucking did this start with the like aerial stuff? Or that was, was that, it the, just the, the fucking fan base mostly is making half anti-Semitic comments about aerial left and right. It's really him acting like he fucking won, and like p- people are already looking for a reason. Mike, it felt like with and you know. Him and Molly running around the cage and grabbing a belt or whatever the fuck that weird shit. Like, he's, you know, people think, people feel that he's, like, manufactured by the UFC. And it's hard not to when they, you know, book him like this. You know, they got their favorites. All right. uh, Ian Gary and and Vicente, Vicente Luque. Just focus on the fact that this dude just keeps bouncing from gym to gym. He got kicked out of Team Renegade. For just trying to film about, like everybody in Team Renegade was just like, because he tried to after the fact spin it like Leon is scared of like me losing to, of, of, of me beating him, and like Leon didn't really say anything besides just like, hey man, like we got a gym here, you gotta like follow protocol, you gotta clean the mats, like if I clean the mats, everybody needs to clean the mats, and like this dude's filming and like 
And then about everybody else in the gym was just like, yeah, Leon knocked this dude out in training already. And Patty said that. Patty's trading there. He's like, yeah, Leon knocked. This kid just has found a way to alienate a lot of his fan base and a lot of, like, quite frankly, even locally in Ireland. And he seems like he's like, this whole situation, depending on which one you want to go with, is really affecting him. And he's put out six videos to address, like, back to back to back, six videos to address it. And then, like, he's turned off comments on his social media. And let's just not forget, this is the dude who wore a mugshot of Jeff Neal, you know, at one point. And then said some weird stuff about Neil Magny and, like, child... Fucking Neil Magny had, like, custody issues over this shit, apparently. About that weird child thing that happened, the child-beating thing, which Neil Magny didn't help himself. Um, I'm just pointing this all out to say he's got to fight Vicente Luque. And Vicente Luque... Maybe isn't what he was before he got hurt. He'll fuck you up. And I I think... Who was the guy who dropped this kid? Um, like, it wasn't Daniel Rodriguez. Gabriel Green dropped him at one point, I remember, a couple fights ago, too. Like, I don't know, man. Like, Ian, like I'm picking I'm picking Luke K. Just because there's a lot. I know he's a huge underdog. And I've already lost, so there's no stakes. And Mike's already won and whatever. But, like... I'm not sure I bet money on him, Gary. Let's put it that way. At minus three, whatever he is. What did I say he is? Did I even say minus three seventy-five. Yeah. I am not more confident in him than I am and fucking other people in this card with worse odds. You know what I mean? Like I, there's a lot going on with this kid, and he honestly, in terms of pressure, he better fucking win. He better fucking win, because it is going to get loud, Mike. It's going to get louder if he doesn't win. Um, but yeah, you got you got Luke too. Yeah, and I'm betting on Luke just because I thought it'd be funny, mm -hmm. um, considering just how much Ian Gary has gotten ridiculed over the last uh, few weeks. But what you said is also apt as well and could be something that is affecting him, where how does he react to all of the you know things that have been swirling around him, some of them of his own making, some of them not? Um, the thing about the, the cuck thing, I think it's pretty shitty. Uh, to go after uh, someone's personal life. But then at the same time, this is an asshole who is going after other fighters' personal yep. lives. So it's kind of your chickens coming home to roost. So let's see if this pressure makes a diamond or just uh, put some flat. Yeah. Mark, you got the big favorite here? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Ian. Um, and, and for me personally, it's been weird because this was a guy that early on in the UFC career, I was super high on. And then I think it was that one fight he didn't look great in. And I jumped off that bandwagon and I've been picking against him in these fights where he continues to win. Um, I didn't think he I looked think that good against, honestly, when he was, he was, he kicked Neil Magny once and looked like Neil Magny. It didn't hit him that hard. And Neil's leg looked compromised immediately. And I was like, he took this fight on short notice. I don't buy that. Neil Magny's healthy and Neil Magny's never going to make an excuse. But anyway, I was not. Impressed yeah. Either. I thought, yeah, I think he could have finished Neil. It seemed like he was kind of just letting him kind yeah. of skirt around. Um, and I think Luke is a dangerous opponent for something like that to happen. Like he's going to have to really follow his, his P's and Q's. But I'm, I'm going to go with Ian Geary. And, I, and I, I understand a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, you know, how is he going to handle this pressure? I have to assume that this is kind of what he wanted to some degree. Whether I don't think maybe it turned out the way he wanted. But I think at the end of the day, this guy like, he says all the shit he says because he wants people to react to him, right? And I think he's—I mean, I don't know him that well. I haven't—I I kept up with like 
what's being said about him, but like how he's internalizing this, who really knows. But I have a feeling that he's of the ilk that like, look, as long as you're talking about me, that's the good stuff. Whether you're talking about my wife and I'm a cuck or whatever, as long as you're tuning into the Ian Geary show and we're talking about me and I'm getting articles written about me, it's kind of all good in the hood. And he probably knows, or would, I would hope he knows, like, look, as, as long as I can keep the winds coming, it doesn't really matter what they right. say. Everything's just free You might publicity. be right. I am not reading that. I'm reading, like, this is affecting him in every worst way possible. And it's like, he, I know Connor's his hero. And there's like, a Connor, a good example of Connor is like, Connor doesn't give a fuck. And Connor will just lie his, to right. his teeth about everything. Connor doesn't care what you're saying. Like, I saw this video of Connor on a punch machine. Did you, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but Connor like swings and like, he like, you ever like slip, you see people slip and it's hilarious. Like they miss the machine yeah. a little bit. He slipped and he just got, it registered a one. And Connor goes, what the fuck? Then he goes, hey, number one, I'm the best. And I'm like, that's Connor McGregor in a fucking nutshell. That's what that is. Connor McGregor and, in a nutshell. Like, and let's be real here. Um, they might both be Irish, <coughs> but Connor does the cucking. Okay. <laughs> God, Mike. Um, all right. Um, so, yeah, that's the only one we've gotten against the uh, odds makers on this one. Um, coming in, uh, feature prelim here. We're just saying words to not pay people money. Feature prelim on ESPN2. Is there a bull game? It's finally, that this is on ESPN2? You can't get ESPN on this? Uh, I think the bowl games do start next weekend. And does the NFL start playing on Saturday next weekend, too? Might be that. Um, Josh Emmett was going to find Giga Chikadze, and that was going to rule. Straight up, that was going to rule. Uh, Tor is growing, man. Poor Chikadze, Tor is growing. And uh, we need a late notice replacement for, uh, for Josh Emmett. And uh, a bunch of people, interesting people, stepped up to do it, and instead they went with Bryce Mitchell. Um, so look, uh, Bryce Mitchell's interesting low, a lot. Low key, low key dig. Okay, wow. look, Bryce Mitchell. I just think this is a, not an entertaining style for me because I, Josh, uh, Bryce Mitchell. What kind of odds are we looking at here? Bryce Mitchell's coming off of beating Dan Ige and then praying with him about the flood. I don't That's know what weird. was going on. I was at your house, Mike, and I we were watching that, and I think your girlfriend's reevaluating the relationship, being like, "This is what this kid watches. The fuck's happening right here." I mean that was a that was a strange strange scene with uh, with uh, our dude out there. Okay, um, Bryce Mitchell is somehow only a minus. Bryce Mitchell's a minus two twenty favorite. Yeah, I got Josh Emmett. How about that? I got Josh Emmett. Mark, who do you got? I'm gonna let Mike wait, go last. We, wait, wait, Mike, who do you got? That fight? I got Josh. Yeah, we are picking. What do you mean? That was the two we're picking. I thought uh, I thought we said only the ones in the red. That was in the red, bitch. <sighs> oh, uh, I got like I got flip. I got Josh Emmett. Mark, what do you got? Yeah, I'm surprised at that line. Um, Does he have Mitchell bad takedown defense that we don't know? Like, what the fuck? He's saying he was the favorite, right? Um, Bryce Mitchell, Mitchell was, was the favorite. Yeah. He, he's going to get knocked um, out. I, I, I think stylistically it could be a very bad matchup because we know how dangerous Josh Emmett is on his feet. And like you said, like I kind of think his wrestling is good enough to keep Bryce Mitchell at Yeah, I'm looking bay. up at his wrestling. Look, I'm looking at his takedown defense as we were talking here, by the way. Go ahead. If, <laughs> if Mitchell gets him, is able to get him down, then that changes because, you know, Bryce Mitchell's top game is, is very good. And I have to imagine Josh Emmett's probably not super great off his back. I just have a lot of concerns about how he's going to get the fight there. 46% um, takedown defense. I get the odds. I don't not, care. I think, I think he's knocking him out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, but it would be, I mean, it would be a big win for, for Bryce to, to I, I think, beat Emmett. I mean, I mean, ranking-wise, Emmett's still fairly high up there, right? I know he's had a 
a bit of a couple skids here. Uh, uh, I just had it. He one did second. He was. Who did he lose to recently? He after Yair, he got beat up by Taporia bad. It was that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, he is ranked. Where the hell am I going? Josh Emmett is what rate class is this? Thirty-five or forty-five? Thirty-five. Forty-five. Forty-five. He's six. The other dude's okay. How is this dude still ten? Okay, Mitchell's I think Bryce 10. Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell's got a lot of holes in his game to be ranked this high. Then again, so does Emmett. But I'm surprised, buddy. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I don't. I mean, does Josh Emmett's take down the take down offense that good? Like, it's not like I see him just putting dudes down whenever he wants. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I also I thought this was a good stylistic fight for Emmett, but you know the the line seems differently. But maybe maybe there's something we don't know. Don't yeah, know. Bryce Mitchell's takedown accuracy is at forty fucking percent. Okay, yeah, I feel good about my pick here, buddy. Mike, who do you got? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little surprised that Bryce Mitchell is the favorite. Um, yeah, I'm, for I'm looking fight. for I'm looking for Emmett by knockout as we're talking. By the way, am I the best? By the way, has, has Emmett has Emmett been like on the losing streak or something? Like, has he two lost fights? I think he lost a, a Yair and he lost to Taporia, which, to be very clear, are two murderers. The kind of which you uh, pray against. By the way, my uh, my girlfriend's cat just moved in yesterday. It's the most adorable thing, seeing it like just exploring. This cat's it's, gonna it's fucking come flying at Mike's head. <laughs> it's it's studied my door so intently. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be joining you guys. Uh, going with Emmett. I don't quite understand how Mitchell can be such a heavy favorite. Um, yeah, I don't get it. What? It's not even on my book yet because they don't know. They don't know I'm about to get rich off of Josh Emmett this weekend, guys. Rich off Josh Emmett on Leon Edwards. Last one we are picking. Um, the return of Irene Aldana taking on Carol Rosa. Irene Aldana, last time we saw her was her really not showing up, honestly. It felt like not doing any of her game. A very frustrated corner in the Amanda Nunes retirement fight. Really, though, I remember thinking, like, man, Irene really didn't, like... And I know Amanda's better, we all thought, but, like... Mark kind of felt like she never got out of first gear in that one. It felt like, if I remember correctly. Just not really a lot coming out mm -hmm. of her in that one. Carol Rosa, on the other hand, 28 years old out of Brazil. Trying to take this young woman's spot. Coming off of a split win over Yana Santos. Um, betting odds for this one is Irene coming in as a minus 200 favorite to plus one 165 for Miss Rosa. Mike is, didn't know we were picking these fights anyway, uh, but I'm I'm taking Irene to get the to bounce back. She's been gone for a while, man. She's been gone for a while, um, and I don't see that she was hurt or had a fight. Maybe she was hurt. The fight wasn't booked though. Hasn't fought in a year and a half. I think if anything, getting her stuff right. Um, Thirty-five years old for one last push of relevancy. You know, picking the younger fighter. Not it makes sense to pick the younger fighter, but I'm still going with Irene here. Uh, Mark, what do you think? yeah same um and it's a lot i don't know i'm not as familiar with rosa so um you know irene did not have a good uh fight in her last fight so it's hard to, to pick her with a lot of confidence besides the fact that you know she wants to probably correct ship and is motivated in that regard and again like i said you know once you fight for that title you're kind of always in that conversation so you know i think she knows that like look just get another win or two and that's what she did to earn the first title shot, right? She only had to win two to get a title. So I think she knows that like, look, it's not a super long road. This isn't, you know, the most dynamic and competitive weight division, but there needs to be some consistency. Rosa was fighting at 45 Rosa. and I'm, 
She's just coming down. I don't, I guess. I mean, it doesn't say, I mean, it says Bantamweight on Wikipedia. I'm assuming as much. And what is 45? Does it exist? It doesn't, right? I, I think it's now completely gone. Yeah, okay. I don't see it on their website anyway anymore. Um, Mike, who do you got? Yeah, we're going to be sweeping this one. Right on. Uh, a couple other things to mention real quickly. Cody Garbrandt and Brian Kelleher. Um, a fight where you wonder, is Cody Garbrandt getting knocked out? Because that happens a lot. Coming off of a win, he really needed, though. People were booing, I remember that fight, Mark. And he was, like, just taking the dude down and winning. And I'm like, yo, bro, this guy's lost five or six fights. And he's been unconscious in fucking four of them. So mm-hmm. let's yeah. get a W. Brian Kelleher got uh, not a ton of power, more of a grappler. So we might be on the Cody Garbrandt reclamation project for the UFC a little bit here. A uh, guy who, I mean, he's still only 32, Mark. Like, that dude was champion when he was, what, probably 27 or something like that? Like, I think even younger than that. You must, yeah, must have been real young. Um, mm. So we'll see there. Um, doing work at Extreme Couture these days a bit too. So, and I like the uh, Casey O'Neill Ariane Lipsky uh, fight. Not like that, you perverts. You know, I think it's gonna be a good matchup for Casey O'Neill there. Uh, and Ariane, Queen of Violence, man. We'll see. Justin Jacoby on the undercard against Alonzo Menafield is another good one. Randy Brown and Muslim Sulikov are opening the show. We got Andre Touchy Feely on this thing. This is a good card, man. This is 15 fights, I think. Oh, no. 14 fights? Which feels like a big UFC card, no? I guess we're just trying to get all the fights in at the end of the year if we're not going to book another Apex card. Um, But yeah, this is it until Magomed versus Johnny Walker 2, which is happening in the Apex in January. Great. (coughs) So, I believe that is it for our picks. Um, I guess we can do stuff we like. Um, I got one. I honestly don't remember. I don't think we did talk about it because I don't know how long ago it ended. But Mark, I watched all four episodes of Invincible. Have you watched all four? Mm, yeah, yeah. No, I have. I'm caught up. Uh, Mike, have you been watching Invincible? I've. I'm all caught up. You are caught up. Can we have the conversation yep. then? Okay. Is it me or there's like a lot of stuff happening in this show this season? There's like a, like a lot of like. We got dimensions. We got all these other dudes all over the place. We got this whole, the whole last episode. Quite frankly, um, well, slot considering once, no, considering I mean, it's only considering it's only four episodes. I, I I would agree. It seems like they're fitting in a lot of crap into twenty two minutes. Felt like the first season was really more linear. Uh, what was happening in that whole thing? Like a very more simple story, I guess, on some level. We did bring some stuff back. I really enjoyed Mark the uh, the Seth Rogen the Allen the Alien thing. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, obviously we're spoiling the shit out of this. Um, do not think he's dead. Still, just put that out there. Even with the mm-hmm. whole like, because he was smiling also when he got iced, and he got the impression this dude's got some ability to like come back or something, you know, or some shit like that. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I did remember some stuff I don't remember. I don't remember when the robot turned into a little kid. I don't remember why that happened. Can either of you explain how we got there? Yeah, there's that a lot a, from season one. A, go, go ahead, Mark. I mean, was, I was just going to say there's a lot from season one. I don't Yeah, The really recap remember. didn't hit that. <laughs> no, so, no. Um, so wrote that thread with robot, that was a thread basically all through season one where uh, robot is first going to the, uh, the twin blue brawny scientist guys asking to make a machine and he gets the dna 
Um, so that's something that was a thing actually throughout season one, um, which I think culminated in the second to last episode. So he, he got turned into a person. Yeah. Okay. Well, he transferred. He transferred his consciousness from his deformed original human body to a um, a replica of uh, the the. The Is explosion guy. Yeah. Rex Blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, into a replica of uh, his uh, teenage body. I I enjoyed Rex Blow this season. Just, you know. Sure. He's fun. So you cheated on me. You cheated on me first. That was then. That, that already had. <laughs> that was a real, like, why are you bringing up old shit type thing? That made me laugh. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Mark, you digging it so far? No, I I do really like it. I I read the comics a while ago, so I'm a bit further in those than I think the show is. I think because the show does skip a bunch of stuff too. Um, I'm really enjoying the show. I I always thought it was it was it's been you know well produced and, and and a lot of good stuff. I am noticing, especially in this season, like um this this shit's just Dragon Ball. Like this is just Dragon Ball. How, Whatever how their so? aliens are, or they're just saints. <laughs> They uh, go on other planets to capture them, and this one forgot or whatever is this a Goku thing? And there's always isn't stronger... that <laughs> isn't that what it was like in the comic? I, I I mean I think the comic had so much other stuff going on um, that I didn't read it as easily, and I, I I'm I don't think I'm the first one to make this connection, but especially this season too, it's just like yeah, dude, this is this is just some Dragon Ball Z shit. And it's like, I'm still here for it. It's, it's, it's dressed up in the superhero kind of realm. And I appreciate that. But I'm like, yeah, these dudes are just saints, dude. Like who are we kidding here? If you Google, if you Google invincible Dragon Ball, you get the Reddit page of just a whole bunch of people saying like, uh, this guy's a dark take on Gohan. And like, you know, how is Robert Kirkman, not a frustrated Dragon Ball Z fan and all that shit. So did he, Robert Kirkman's like the writer I'm taking. Uh, this is the guy we're walking dead, yeah, right? He, he created the CD. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wrote the book too, right? He didn't just create the show. Yeah. Okay. No, he he wrote he wrote the comics. Yeah. Do we got a season three already booked for this thing or not? Yeah, I think they said like they're gonna try to wrap it up in like maybe four seasons or something. So, yeah, they got a plan. Uh, season three is confirmed. And this was just part one of season two. Yeah, we're getting I that think, like, in, in a... early. They said early twenty twenty four, which yeah. Like maybe February or something. I mean, because it was weird when you told me that all the episodes were up. I was like, "Well, I watched all of them, and that did not seem like a finale." Yeah, because I remember I saw, like- I saw like a thing. I was like at my parents' house pulling up a football game, and like it said, "Invincible, all episodes out now." I'm like, "Didn't they? I'm like, and I asked you, I'm like, "Did they drop it all at once?" And you're like, "No, it's weekly." I'm like, "They say that's it." So, um, I don't enjoy this. Give me. Give me the first half of a season and then have to wait like three months for another side for another half. Is this just All right? I mean, there's also we waited two years for the season, two and a half years for the show to come back. And like I say, this is a writer strike thing. But again, two and a half years. Um, I don't know. They did that shit with the crown also. Right. Are we just trying to get people to hold on to these subscriptions? It's Amazon Prime. No one's getting rid of it. You know, oh my God, how am I going to function without this stupid thing? So anyway. Uh, it's still, by the way, still hearing uh, what's his name, um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. I still hear, uh, you know, the J. Jonah Jameson. I don't, I don't care. Like mm-hmm. it's an animated thing with J.K. Simmons. I'm like J. Jonah Jameson. 
And I also get the impression J. Jonah Simpson was, uh, J. Jonah Jameson would be this kind of prick also if he was uh, if he was a superhero anyway. So, has anybody played with him in the video game? He's in, um, is he in Mortal Kombat, right? Um, yeah, you got you got to pay. So I'm they want money? How much you got to pay for that? Yeah. Well, I don't know how much they are individually, but he's like part of a season pass. Like, you know, like five I was going to say five bucks. I got five I bucks if I was going to buy the game. I'd be worth it. I also don't think J.K. Simmons voices him in the video game. They couldn't cut him another check. Yeah, I don't know. We couldn't yeah, make it six. If I'm they told sure. you it's six dollars, it would have been five, but it's six because we get JK's voice. People would have been like, all right, man, fuck. It's worth a buck. You know? It's worth getting him in there. Sure. That's what I got this week. I watched that and I watched uh I watched a few minutes of NXT had this weird match I'd never seen before where like dudes entered every five minutes, but then like you it was an Iron Man match too, so it was like five people at the same time trying to pin each other. But if you got pinned you had to go to the penalty box for like a minute or two. And I was trying to keep track of the fuck was going on. Um, but hey, man, wrestling still coming up with new different matches. So that was fun. So saw that. That was okay. But yeah, mostly Invincible. That's what I got this week. Uh, Mike, do you have anything? I do. It's uh, something I started watching the other day. Um, I think there's about three or four episodes out. I've watched one episode of it, and I've thought it's pretty good. It's um have you guys watched any of the uh the recent like Godzilla movies that have come out in like the last decade or so? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, I, I have. I got thoughts. Out, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I started watching this show. I think it's on Apple TV. I'm not sure. It's called Monarch. It's basically a TV series for the Godzilla verse that's been coming out since like 2014 or 2015. And so far, I've enjoyed the show. Um, normally, I don't understand the point of why is the thing called like Godzilla, and we rarely ever see Godzilla. It's just a whole bunch of humans just running real around. Real quick, Mike. Whereas, I, real quick, Mike. I was so sure you're gonna talk about Godzilla minus one. I, I have no idea what that is. Oh, it's a Mark. You know what it is? <laughs> new Godzilla movie. It's a new Godzilla I, movie. I've heard but, of it. Yeah, yeah it's a Jap- Japanese one. Good. Sorry, but go ahead, Mike. I thought you were. I was so sure he was gonna talk about that. That's where this was going. No. Well, no. go ahead, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but one thing I like about this show, it's a, it's called Monarch. And while it is in the Godzillaverse, it's actually about the um, some clandestine like U.S. organization um, that's been around since like the 40s or the 50s. And it has a uh, Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell in uh, starring roles. And I'm a Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, you guys obviously know. Wyatt Russell played uh the dark captain america in um falcon and the winter soldier i think that's the thing he might be most known for so far um playing basically the same character but about like 50 years apart and the show has been very enjoyable so far um it has a lot of drama and it's it has a pretty good story so far so if for some reason you have an Apple Plus subscription. Uh, you should give it a give it a watch. You paying for that, or did you buy it out? Fucking, and they gave you six months free or some of that. Are you using the Steph Curry uh, free, the Steph Curry free documentary uh, link? Which doc? Which link you doing for getting this for free? Uh, you know, I got I got my ways. Oh yes, you're using Apple TV. That's what. That's right. Using. Apple TV. That's, that's right. Apple that's TV. Right. Um, stop, stop making it hot. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's what I just went off the beginning of this show and said I'm not ordering the UFC pay-per-view at all. I'm watching that shit, though. You know, 
Just saying. I mean, there might be a sports surge dot club at my house. Mark, uh, what is yours uh, this week? What do you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a couple things I'll mention real quick, um, but didn't get super deep into. So maybe in the next coming weeks. Um, I did start uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is the sequel to Fallen Order. I only played like an hour and a half of that, um, basically just the opening mission. But I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. You know, I, I like the first game, so I think the sequel is going to be better. Um, uh, Bobby gave me his hand-me-downs CPU, which I haven't plugged in yet. But So next week when I do, I'll probably have some PC games I'll try it out. I mean, hand-me-down, um, the shit is, you know... I'm just saying. Oh, it's pretty fucking legit. I think that's the thing. Is like, it I sound, obviously... makes it sound like he gave you Coleco. No, my, my dude, I gave, this, I gave this dude a, a very decent gaming PC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I obviously don't know what I've walked into, but like, this thing's huge. Like, yeah. the CPU is twice mm. as big. It's like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to put it where the one I have now is because mm. it's just too big to like stand on the thing. Because mm. like, when they made this desk, they didn't know CPUs could be this big. Um, but no, when I, when I put it into the uh, bedroom, I can see like, oh, the side has a glass so you can see inside of it. Cause when I got it from Bobby's car, it was just in his trunk on the side. You could, it didn't have a lot of flair to yeah. it. It was just a big hunk of metal. So now when I actually put it up in here, I was like, oh, I could see inside. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be, you know, pretty legit. I, and I know Bobby spent like a lot of money and time putting it together. So I know I'm getting something worthwhile, well, I, I, but I mean, um, mostly my brother did, but yeah, shout out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to wait until after we did the podcast before having to like transfer files and stuff over. So, um, next week, um, I'm going to get the PC gaming pass and I'm looking forward to playing, um, dark tide and maybe seeing if a uh, Starfield could run on this thing or not. I have no idea, but that's the good thing about game pass is like, I could just try to run it. it doesn't run great. I don't have to stick with it besides my monitor is not 4k. So it's like, I'm only running at 1080. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Um, so stuff I actually did consume this weekend that I did like, um, this is something that I haven't really done in the past, but, um, uh, my wife, Christine listens to this podcast called, uh, romancing the pod. And they have another podcast called a uh, horror virgin. It's basically just like a movie podcast, romancing the pod. They usually watch romantic comedies, horror version. They watch horror movies. Um, so they've been watching Christmas movies and we ended up watching three different Christmas movies, over this weekend, um, each one of varying budget and degree of like enjoyability and scripts, like it really ran the gamut. So the first one we watched was Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and oh, I'm forgetting the other actresses. Reese Witherspoon. Of, Reese Witherspoon. Thank you. Mike knew off the top of his head he did not have time to look that up. Um, Favreau's in that one too, right? Yeah. As one of the couples. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah. He's playing in an MMA like guy or whatever. So that that is the movie we saw with the highest budget, the best known actors. And I would say of the three movies that we saw, like the one I enjoyed the most. Like it was very Vince Vaughn. That dude doesn't play characters, he just plays himself. Um just, but it was, wait, it was wait a second. John Favreau was playing an MMA guy. Was he just playing yeah. his character Pete from Friends? He wasn't rich in this one. <laughs> yeah, he's more, you know, like Pete and Friends was kind of like a lovable guy, and he's like obnoxious. He was like a computer nerd in this. He was a, he was basically Zuckerberg in the right. uh, in yeah, Friends. He was, he was basically, basically Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Let, me, let me ask you a question: Am I an ultimate fighting champion? <laughs> no, then I guess I'm not done yet. Uh, I didn't enjoy those episodes of Friends, but well, I will say, four Christmases. 
No, a very enjoyable film. Like I would recommend it if you're looking for kind of a dumb Christmas film. Totally meets that bill. If you like Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, like they do a good job. It's overall a very fun film. Um, and I enjoyed my time watching it. So the next movie we watched, this is like the lowest tier. I think it was a Lifetime movie. Um, and this one was called Santa Boot Camp. Um, and this one, lowest budget, didn't know an actor, the whole thing. Um, it, to the point where it's like, me, may I ask we're a watching question. these movies. <laughs> yes, may please. ask a question. Never yes, heard yes. of this movie. Said it was a Hallmark you movie? Should, yeah. Was so. Lady Sherbert in Lifetime. it? Or was it the uh, DJ from Full House? Which one of them was in the movie? No. Definitely wasn't DJ. I mean, this could have been Lifetime. It could have been a Hallmark. I'm going to lick this up right now. Go, go ahead. But, uh, yeah, it was it was of the three films we saw, the worst. Um, just kind of like a silly premise that, like, didn't really go anywhere. This this one lady, the, your main lead actress, is like an event planner. She gets some kind of last-minute Christmas event. They need to find the perfect Santa. She tries to go to this Santa boot camp to just find, like, oh, just let me know who's a good Santa. I'll hire them. She gets roped into taking the course. For whatever reason, there's a chef there. They start hitting it off. The chef has to take the class, too. Now they're taking the class together. It was pretty bad. Um, bad in that way that, like, it's bad enough to find enjoyable, right? Like, it, it's corny enough and hokey enough where it's like, okay, this, this is kind of stupid. And I would say, you know, spoiler alert, especially at the end, where, like, you have these two people running the, the Santa Claus boot camp, like... You obviously know there's Santa and Mrs. Claus. Like, it's very apparent that's like, this is them kind of like training people. But the big reveal at the end to let you know is like, they get in like their old uh, convertible car and then they're flying off in the sky. And the special effects is just like, they had a JPEG and they just moved that shit across <laughs> the screen. <laughs> and it was just like, yo, dude, you can't do this. Like, someone had to have tried to spark that up a little bit, but, um, yeah, it was mostly yeah enjoyable because it was so bad. Um, then the last movie we saw was, I think it's called 12 Dates of Christmas. Kind of like 12 Days of Christmas. This one has Zach from Saved by the Bell. Can't remember his name. Mark something. He's got like Mark two Paul Gossler. Yes. He's our, he's our main kind of lead guy. And then the, the chick in it, she's been in some other sitcoms. The woman. I couldn't place what she was in. The a woman. Amy Smart. The lady, Amy Smart. Yeah, what was she in? Euro Trip, Transformer. Not she Transformer. was the not Transformers. girlfriend in Varsity Blues. Maybe I think it was Varsity Blues. Maybe that was it. But she was in. Um, there was the one Crank. She was in Crank. She's the. Oh, the she girl. was in Crank. Yeah, she was yeah, Aston I mean, Kutcher's so, love interest in The Butterfly Effect as well. That's a better movie okay. than you expect it to be. So this yeah. is our this is our middle tier movie, and I would say like I really like the premise because basically what they're trying to do is like a groundhog's day thing where she keeps living the same day over and over again, except she only gets to live it 12 days apparently because of the song for whatever reason, they don't explain why, but you're basically doing the same day over and over again. That's a fun concept. I love groundhog's day. And, but the problem is, is they try to do the groundhog day stuff, but have this 12 day limit where it doesn't make any sense. And groundhog's day, you see the montage like, Oh, this dude's been trapped here for like, eight months so that's why he knows how to play the piano 
and do the chainsaw. Actually, Mike knows the actual days. I believe, I think I heard it on some podcast or something, but mm-hmm. I think the director said that Bill Murray's character lived the equivalent of like a thousand years or something. Okay, even better, right? So he has time to perfect all these skills that would take a long time. Learning how to play the piano at the level he does, doing the chainsaw ice sculpture. Like we see him at the end of the film be extremely proficient in a lot of talents that would take someone a long time to become good at, right? This movie also tries to do that with the baking and stuff, but it's just like, how did she get this good in this amount of time? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, Mike, you have questions. I was off by a lot of years. Uh, he was just stuck in the loop for 33 years at 350 days. Okay. But that's sure. still a lot. A lot of time. But it's like she's she's doing so much stuff. It's like you couldn't do all this shit in 12 days. There's not enough time to do all the shit that you've been doing in this movie and to get as good as it as you have in this amount of time. So that, that premise was a little flawed. Um, and uh, her name's Annie Smart, right? Is the yeah, actress? Yeah, Annie Smart. Okay. Her character is like so obnoxiously like annoying in this movie too. It's like she's for half of it she's trying to get her old boyfriend back who's clearly moved on and is like proposing to somebody else and it's like you're supposed to date zach we all know this he's a good looking charming guy who has no bad qualities except that like especially on the podcast you listen to he clearly killed his wife that's abundantly clear because he explains how she died she like falls off a ladder and he doesn't find her until it's like 30 minutes too late it's like what the fuck is this shit um but yeah 12 dates 12 dates for christmas it was fun i all these films were enjoyable for different things but yeah you know what are you watching one of them was like on? actually like um different yeah where are you finding these things i think santa boot camp <laughs> i think that one because that was on the that was on the podcast christine listens to so it wasn't streaming anywhere. So Christine spent a dollar to rent it from Amazon. And that was an ill-fated dollar expense. Um, I think the other ones we watched on like Hulu or something. You know? Um, right on. There's, there's a lot of Chris. There's a lot of weird. I think it was on Hulu. I looked up this. There's this other one that I was going to watch called Xmas. Where this guy's family invites the ex-girlfriend to Christmas instead of the boyfriend. Why, why did I see a trailer for that? Wait, what? what, what I'm it's, not, it's new. I was okay. kind of hoping. Uh-huh. I was kind of hoping that was like a spinoff of that like Futurama episode. <laughs> yeah, so that that got me on Hulu, and then it just it showed me all the Christmas movies. So like I started looking through all of them. But yeah, not something we we usually watch horror movies before Halloween. We haven't really watched. I wa- we watched Home Alone one year, like on Christmas Eve. But like, I don't know, watching these hokey Christmas movies, they're kind of fun. So it has to be like a Hallmark one, or are you like looking for like recommendations no. on the best Christmas I, movies? We we watched. I put on Four Christmases because Christine was going to do some decorating, and I was like, oh, let me see if there's a dumb Christmas we can put on. Here's Four Christmases. I mean, at some point, you're going to watch Nightmare Before a Christmas, right? Or is it just we're kind of going to? Or, I kind you of know. like watching these hokey ones. We're watching these hokey ones that also romancing the pot. Because then after we watched um, Twelve Dates with Christmas, then we listened to the podcast and had a good, good, good kafah. Just well, saying, like, if you, well. if you want a decent, a uh, halfway decent Christmas movie that came out just a few weeks ago, that Eddie Murphy one is actually uh, not not I, half bad. I put that. I I gave for the last movie. I gave Christine a bunch of options, and that was one of them. Like, hey, do you want to check this one out? There's one on Netflix. Looks called like best Christmas ever with Brandy. That's supposed to be halfway decent, so yeah, we'll see. But yeah, we might be watching some more Christmas movies as they come up. It's been fun. Edward Scissorhands happened during Christmas. Just saying. 
Makes yeah. it a Christmas movie. Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard's a Christmas. I said it last Die week. A Christmas I was, movie. That's just a Christmas. It's part of the plot. For the love of God. Sh- it's mm-hmm. a goddamn Christmas party at yeah. Nakatomi Plaza. Right? Yeah. It doesn't get more Christmas than that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. All right. Also, yeah. uh, Mark Paul Gossler, shout out to uh, Steph. Uh, he's half Filipino. How about that? Yeah, you wouldn't think it. Half? That much? Yeah, he's half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you watch that now. You watch, uh, oh, you, you watch a little Scrooge, maybe a little National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. These are all options. Also, just one quick thing before we get out of here. Uh, for those of you who have Spotify, I'm sure you guys have gotten your years in review. Um, for me, it definitely got skewed because I started playing a lot of the soundtrack music for my Dungeons & Dragons sessions off of Spotify. So pretty much every every artist in my top five was like some random like Danish composer oh, or something. Dude, and, my, and Taylor Swift at number three. Dude, my number one um, was the guy who does this. He only does he does uh, piano uh, instrumentals of popular songs. That was my number one. My number two was Elton John, and he said, "Thanks for being one of my top fans." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, sir, Elton. I'm here for you." That was me. But sorry, I okay. feel mine is sadder, but mm-hmm. that, that's not goodbye really a yellow brick road. When was my uh, number one song? Real talk. Mm-hmm. But. Also, uh, one of the things that they give you a top five for are podcasts. And my little small heart got warm the other day when a former coworker of mine sent me a screenshot of his top five podcasts listened to. And I worry for him because somehow It's Some Amazing made it into his top five podcast for the year. Um I was very touched by the fact that even though we no longer work together, he actually still wants to, you know, hear me talk about MMA. So shout out to you, sir. She's like, has Mike and Mike at all matured at all? Let me check weekly. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Talking about cooking this week. Talking about cooking. <laughs> in fairness, you guys brought it up first. Yeah, that. I mean, I brought up the guy who is involved in said cooking. So. Yeah. yeah, and all I said is that Conor McGregor would be the one doing the cooking. Yeah, that's it. Um, and real, right. like, they got Probably some late-breaking news, by the way. Uh, the famous Alabama Riverfront Boat Brawl. Uh, a riverfront Brawl earlier Ooh, this year. When the Black Avengers got assembled. The Black Avengers, the hat in the air. We learned what hat in the air means, okay? <laughs> the man who brought the chair at the end and whacked the lady over the head like it was The Rock doing it to mankind <laughs> at Royal Rumble 99. Like Undertaker to Maven. Yeah. Will serve no jail time. Woo, My man got out of this with last, a ninety-day suspended God sentence. Almighty, free at last, yeah, and a fifty-hour community service. My man has been selling merch with pictures of a chair on it this whole time. <laughs> Pay those legal bills. Bills. Um, yeah, important news coming out of this podcast, guys. All right, um, thank you all for listening. We're gonna be back next week, man. I hope you like the top five list and shit like that, guys, because that's gonna be a thing. And at some point, we're going to figure out our fighter of the year, our fight of the year. Saying right now, Islam Makachev beating Volkanovski twice is going to be hard for anybody to beat him as fighter of the year for me. Just just saying. Just saying. Um, event of the year, all that fun stuff. Um, we'll talk about all that shit. It'll be a good time. Uh, that's going to happen too. But really, no, we'll do some top five lists. We'll have a good time. You know, We'll talk about Christmas movies, our top five Christmas somethings. We'll come up with what that something is at some point. 
Until then, I was Dr. Law. This was Lavender. Uh, uh, that was Lavender Gooms, and that was DJ Mark. Hopefully, you can hear this, because God knows I hope you can, because we're working with new tech. See y'all next week. Uh, peace out. Mm-hmm. See ya. I am for with that shit. One that uh, jumped into the water, uh-huh. and then he's the call of the man who threw the hat in the air. Uh-huh. The Alabama Riverboat thing. Yo, that's. Dude, I, when he landed the chair shot, is when the police were like, okay, calm down. You're like, calm down. It was, the thing's over. And he just walloped that poor lady, just, I mean, oh, maybe not poor lady. lady. We heard some stuff about what her party was saying. But, like, yeah, just bam. Clean hair, she played chair shot, unprotected. I'm going to watch that video again. There's multiple angles is the best part. There's multiple angles. All right. Thanks for listening. Rights at work. Bye.